Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Guys, welcome to TFL Talking Trucks. And uh, I am Andre Smirnov with TFLTruck.com, and with me is Roman. Yeah, small Roman today. Unfortunately, the real Roman is feeling a little under the weather, so you get mini Roman for, for, for the fast lane truck today. This is Tommy. Hey, Tommy, uh, okay, well, thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, today's show is all about your questions. We get you know dozens of questions in our email box, on Twitter, on Facebook, everywhere, every day. Uh, so we wanted to pick out the most uh, popular questions, right? Uh, but what's, what else should we talk about? Well, we're going to talk about some news we have because we have the pricing on the new Ford F-150. And we're going to talk about is it too expensive and is the new truck going to have what it takes to compete at that price point? Yes, you're absolutely right. But Ford.com did not actually announce pricing. The online configurator is not available yet. Whoa. But what we have is a report from CarsDirect.com okay. who looked at the ordering guides and um, uh, uh, combed through it and found the starting price, which is $30,695. And I've confirmed this. And we have a separate video digging, diving deep into this topic on TFL Now. Uh, but basically, it's $195 more than the starting price of a 2020 outgoing truck. Thank you for joining TFL Talking Trucks podcast. If you love pickup trucks or big full-size SUVs, if you love trailering, towing, and going off-road, this is the right place to be. Together, we can make this podcast the most popular ever. So $30,000, that's going to get me leather seats and four-wheel drive and heated seats? No, 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 oh, no. Oh, shoot. So it's so a regular cab, two-door. Okay. Um, shorter bed, like six-and-a-half-foot bed. Okay. So low to the ground, two-wheel drive. Two-wheel drive? Yes, XL. But at least I get the turbocharged engine. No, you don't. You get the base 3.3-liter V6, which is a natural aspirated engine, but with a 10-speed. Okay, so that's an improvement. Yeah, so six-speed is gone. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think, at least from my standpoint, obviously we haven't driven the truck yet, right. but from the price standpoint, $195 for a next-generation truck, price increase, that's reasonable in my mind. And you get a bunch of improvements. So you get that 10-speed. You've got uh, kind of an updated nose, right? Some, some slight improvements on the interior? Absolutely. Uh, huge interior improvements, in fact. And, of course, all the trim levels are still available. You have the XL, XLT. There's the STX, which is kind of a, the sporty one. a little sporty XL. There's a Lariat, which is kind of their mid-grade, most popular truck. And then there's Pl- King Ranch, Platinum, and Limited. So all that is available. But we don't have just, you know, the official configurator yet. So, okay, 30000 base. Yes. <laughs> do you think, fully loaded, do you know the price? Do you know what we could top out at? No, but I do know a price for the hybrid. Oh, you do? So, according to the CarsDirect.com report, once again, it's a $4,495 option. Wow. So, $4,500 for a two-wheel drive truck, Okay. But if you're getting a four-wheel drive truck, which most people get, right. right, and a crew cab, which is the most popular configuration in the F-150, uh, the hybrid will be only a $2,500 option. Now, is that $2,500 on top of the EcoBoost or on top of the base price? I think it's on top of the base price. Once again, we don't know all the details. Right. But if you start with that 3.3, you know, to get to the most powerful 3.5-liter twin-turbo hybrid which has a small battery, right, one-and-a-half uh, kilowatt-hour lithium-ion battery, and electric motor sandwiched between the engine and the 10-speed. So, in theory, I could get a low-end rear-wheel drive hybrid. Yes, XL. Yeah, so that would be like the drag version, right? That would be like the yes. go fast in a straight line. Yes, so 
Um, th- th- you're going to start some controversy here, Tommy, because, oh boy. because normally, you know, guys like to talk <laughs> about V8 engines and going fast. Same. But, but, but this, you're absolutely right. We don't have the power numbers, however, on a hybrid, but you're combining what's already a powerful engine, right? The three and a half liter twin turbo, then you're adding electric power to it, but you're adding some weight, you know, yeah. the battery weighs a little bit. So so it's kind of give and take, but I think Ford is doing a really good job by offering the hybrid throughout the entire range. All right, so let me pull out my calculator here. What, um, what, okay. So 30,000 and some change uh, base. Yes. Right? How does that compare to the competition from Ram, from Chevrolet, from Toyota? Well, um, according to the report, once again, Cars Direct, um, it's about $500 more than the Silverado. Okay. And a little bit more than the Ram. So it's a competitive price, right? And there's always discount, incentives, all this stuff flying around. You can start ordering your F-150 now. The order guide came out. But the truck is not going to probably arrive at dealers but within the next two to three months. It's probably fall when we see the first F-150. Now, we've heard rumors about markups on the Bronco, right? One yes. of the most highly anticipated vehicles, probably of this century even. Yeah. Are we going to see the same thing on the F-150? So, you know, I've, I've seen big talks of thousands of dollars on top of the MSRP for Bronco. Do you think the first F-150s are going to be five, ten grand uh, over sticker? No, I don't think so. I think the only... Um, the only truck that's that sought after, you know, high-end Raptor, you know, if there was a new Raptor, for example, right. coming out. Yeah. Um, and w- we saw that, I think, with the last Raptor. When the La- Raptor second-gen launched, it was marked up, marked up um, at the dealership. Uh, I don't think the base F-150s or hybrids, I don't think they're going to see markups because they have to sell tens and hundreds of thousands of them <laughs> and if you start start to mark up the trucks then the competitors will come in and undercut you well i gotta tell you i mean at least in terms of starting msrp it's pretty competitive with the other yeah. trucks in lineup i forgot to, i'm sorry i forgot the titan the nissan people are going to come throwing things at me the tundra and the titan nissan titan absolutely yep uh so it does sound like it's going to be kind of right in the ballpark you know sometimes when we see new vehicles they get crazy um, uh, kind of price increases. Mm-hmm. But for 21, it looks pretty similar. All right, so should we move on to some of the burning questions out there? Yeah, guys, and of course, keep sending your questions. Uh, you can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are distributed. Uh, one of our favorite places to kind of watch your feedback is on Apple. Okay. So I can log into Apple Podcast. Some of you guys are probably already there. You could leave your rating and your comments there as well. And look at these nice things people said. Are you ready? What did they say? The uh, the ex Dark Knight. Yes. Andre is it Batman is watching us as we talk trucks or listening. He said, "This is an awesome podcast. Keep up the good work, guys." That was on Apple Podcast. Okay, okay thank you. Uh, Vlade thirty one says these guys have a great YouTube channel. I've been watching for years, and now you are listening. Listening. So it's all the best parts without having to stare at our ugly faces. Yes. <laughs> and Spencer from Minnesota. This okay. is how we know it's it's the real deal. Very well researched. Yes. Shout out to Andre. What? In my opinion, one of the best in the industry in both entertainment S- as stop. well as That was not written. That is he's from Minnesota, Andre. That's how you know it's legit. Thank and, you so much. Yeah, so really a big thank you to all of those guys, all you guys out there who gave us um, uh, stars on and high ratings. Podcast and high ratings. Yeah, it's yeah. really great to see. So very encouraging, and we're going to keep trucking along. All right. So what's we get the next questions? question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is a great question. Okay. Chris Baker. Uh huh. When will the Ranger Raptor come to the USA, and will the next Ranger have a seven-speed manual transmission? Do you kind of want to explain why he's talking crazy, crazy numbers on the, the transmission? Chris, what are you talking about? No, I, I know exactly what you mean, Chris. And by the way, thank you for the question. We get this question quite a lot. Um, the new Bronco is out, right? Bronco for 2021. Uh, shares its mid-sized truck chassis, global chassis, in fact, right. with the Ranger. Um, so this is not Ford speaking, by the way. We don't have a direct line to Ford, and they don't usually do an, you know future-looking statements like this. So they'll never tell us, Psst, yes. there's a new Ranger Raptor. No, no they're, they're never going to they say won't. that. So we have to look at what's available. Right? Yep. So we look at the Bronco. We know it shares um, pl- its platform with the Ranger. The Bronco now has 
all of the stuff, it shares the engine with the Ranger, the 2.3 liter. At least the small engine. Yeah, the yeah. small engine, which is a four-cylinder turbocharged engine, same power ratings, 270 horsepower, 310 pound-feet of torque, and a 10-speed automatic. But the Bronco introduced a 7-speed. So now Chris is asking, will that 7-speed transition to the Ranger? So I have a really bad feeling about this. What? Uh, the 7-speed the, the manual, very cool piece of tech. But I'm worried it's going to be one of those things that it's exactly what everybody says they want. And then when they go to the dealership, ready to plop down money, I'll just get the 10-speed automatic because... Uh, I don't want to shift. Yeah, I don't want to shift. And, and then I've got a spouse who doesn't want to shift either. And it's just more efficient or it's quicker with the 10-speed. So I'm going to be curious to see whether or not people buy that on the Bronco. And if they don't buy it on the Bronco, why would they put it in the Ranger? That's a good point. Unfortunately, I think Ford did it. You know, they introduced the seventh. They call it six plus one, right? Because it's six gears uh, in regular driving and the crawler gear, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think they did it for the pure enthusiast, right? The purist who wants that two door Bronco, who wants that you know manual shifting and that incredible crawl ratio, right? Right. Of what ninety four to one. Um, so they did it for them. I think you're right. I think the numbers, you know, they're not going to sell a lot. Right. Of those. Yeah. So, Chris, it's unlikely. We don't know. Obviously, Ford hasn't told us. Uh, then next is a Ranger Raptor question. Yeah. Right? Because so it's available. It's available overseas. Yes. Yep. Europe? And, the, and the overseas, it has a diesel engine. Yes. So, so it has their turbo diesel. Like a five-cylinder, isn't it? I think it's no, a five. No, no, no. It's a four. Is it a but four? But it's a bi-turbo. So it's got oh, two weird. turbos in line with each other. Hmm. So it's a funky engine. It's actually going to be available in a transit van. Oh, interesting. Uh, or okay. currently, uh, some some of them are going to be start selling with a diesel. But that diesel, we've read all the reviews, right? We couldn't get our hands on one because it's overseas. Yeah. But the diesel is slow. Everybody says it's slowish. So, if I was Ford, and because they put the 2.7 liter twin turbo V6 into the Bronco, if I was Ford, I think that would be the engine I would put in the Ranger Raptor. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so more power. What's the current engine output, the 2.3? Uh, 270 horsepower. And then torque's like 310? Yes. Does that sound right? Yes. Okay. And hmm. then if you go up to the V6, the twin turbo, the power goes up way, you know, um, 310 in the Bronco horsepower and then 400 pound-feet of torque. That's a really good trucky torque, low-end torque. It would be a great engine for a high-performance Ranger. Um, and there is also talk from General Motors, not official talk, but rumors, of them putting a 2.7-liter four-cylinder turbo in their Colorado trucks. Something like you'd find in the Silverado. Yes. So you see where I'm going? Yes, I you see know, where you're going. So Chevy is thinking about putting a turbocharged engine in the Colorado trucks and Canyon trucks. So I think this is a perfect opportunity for Ford to use a V6 and, like, do a high-power option. Okay, so I just looked it up here because I wanted to get the number exactly right. Yes. You're right. It's a 2-liter twin-turbo diesel in the Ranger yes. Raptor. Yes. 210 horsepower, 369 pound-feet of torque. So, so good torque. Torque is up there. Yeah. But I imagine it's got the same issue that the, like the ZR2 with the diesel engine, or like a Colorado with yeah, the yeah, diesel yeah, engine yeah. have, you know, where it's, it's a great little engine for running around town, pretty good little tow rig, but when you're out on the trail, especially when you're, you start moving quick, like you would in well, a yeah, Raptor. Well, yeah, for crawling, it's good. Yeah, but when you're actually but desert speed, running, right. Raptor stuff, Andre. Not good. Not good, no. Not good. And, and the thing is, <laughs> Americans are very power hungry. Yes, you know? and we have long stretches of dirt. <laughs> yes, very long stretches of dirt. Yes. Maybe not Australia long, but pretty <laughs> okay. long. Okay, yes, true. But, um, for example, like abroad, you can get the Hilux with a little diesel. Yes. And the little diesel is perfectly happy chugging along on uh, you know the roads of South Africa. Right, or and, Thailand. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, Toyota will probably tell you that if you bring it here, the American audience wouldn't love it so much because they're not power monsters. Uh, and they're, they're very well made, right? Mm-hmm. But there's kind of an expectation that especially if you're selling an off-road, higher-performance truck, you want it to go like stink. Yeah. And that little two-liter diesel, you're right, is not going to cut the cut Plus, the cheese. there could be emissions problems, right? I oh, mean, there so could be many. There could be many problems. Yeah. So, Chris, thank you for your question. This is a very long non-answer. <laughs> yes, we have accomplished nothing here, Andre. I so, apologize, Chris. No, no, but, but seriously, 
Um, you know, the Ranger came out in 2019, right? It was new for the United States. Um, I think they're going to do the next update maybe within a year or two. Yeah. And then I think the Raptor version is possible. Okay, so while we're on the Ranger, we got to talk about this. Because okay. Ford hates when we talk about this, but I'm sorry. I'm sticking with my guns. It's true. When the Ranger came to the U.S., great truck. I love the Ranger. Solid, uh, mid-sized truck. It's not an all-new truck. And Ford put called, so much effort in their marketing. Called it all new. Yeah. And but, then, but, but it's been around the world. Yeah. You look at, like, the bumpers on, like uh, – sorry. You look at the interior. You look at the exterior design on, yes. like, a 2015 Ranger sold in Australia or a 2016 Ranger in Germany. Same vents. Same, same vents, screen. Steering wheels steering the same. Wheel. Interior is yeah. largely the same. Right. Lights are pretty much the same. The new Ranger right now doesn't have a sunroof. Right. Because it wasn't an option elsewhere, and it's not an option here. And I'm calling Ford out on this because they claim it was a brand new truck. They put chrome bumpers on it. That's great. And big bumpers. Yeah, Kent would call that a sexy beast. Yeah. Mr. Truck, right? Right. And they, uh, they changed the frame around just a little bit, didn't they? Didn't they, like, reinforce the frame a little? Well, a little bit. So that basically what they did is... Uh, the Overseas Ranger has kind of a plastic cover on the bumpers. Yeah. They put really beefy steel bumpers yep. on, on this Ranger. Gave it a 10-speed. Yeah, and the, the, you know, the turbo, the 2.3. And the, the turbo. Mustang so they, you know, give credit to them for updating the powertrain. They also added some tech, like the crawl control feature. Oh, yeah, the trail so pimp. The, yeah. The, the, yes, the trail pimp. Yeah. Um, you should watch a video on TFL Truck Channel where Tommy and I compare a Tacoma to a, a Ranger. Yeah. And we came up with a trail pimp uh, feature. And, and the thing is, is like it works. Great little truck. Our friend Dan Atkinson. But it's not all new. Yeah, yeah. He loves right, it. Right. He's got one. But it's not an all new truck. And you get in it, and it definitely feels a little mid-2010s. Yes. Uh, solid entry. Agree. Yeah. I would agree. So I'll be curious to see if there's going to be an all new one eventually. So should we move on um, past the Ranger news? Yeah, let's go next. 21. 21- yeah, 2021 Chevrolet Silverado update. Brandon asks, when will the 2021 models be available? Will they have a new and updated interior? Oh, my gosh. If I had a nickel for every time that question was asked. <laughs> you would have like seven or eight nickels. I would have a lot of nickels. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the deal, right? Chevrolet and GMC launched their new trucks in 2019, right? Yeah. They were technically all new, but the interior did not look all new. It was new. But it was similar design. You know, the screens were, you know, still 8-inch screens, and the buttons were a little bit different, but it overall looked the same. Um, and then the RAM showed up, changed the game, right, for interiors, huge interior improvements on the RAM 1500 that year. Uh, and all the GM fans of trucks said, well, GM needs to respond. You know, what are they doing? So we're getting questions every day from you guys. When is GM updating their interiors? Are, are they going to change it? And then the Tahoe dropped. Yeah. Right? The new Tahoe 2021 with changed interior still. A nicer interior, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So uh, for 2021, the trucks are orderable right now. Oh, you, can, you can order you, one. You can order a 2021 mm-hmm. Silverado right now at a dealer because the order guys are out. Um, there's not a configurator yet available. Hmm. But unfortunately to say, I looked at the order guide. The interior is the same. Is it? Yes. Really? So How can you tell? Because there's, a, in the order guide, yeah. there's a little section that says uh, new yeah. for this year. Yeah. And the interior is not on the list. So Did, did you look very hard, Andre? I did. So, GM, Ugh. if you want to correct me, please, you know, send me messages at ask.tfltruck.com. But, um, so here's what I think is happening. And other reports have confirmed this, that the 2021 Silverado truck will not have an updated interior. But it's coming. You know, oh. it's coming probably 2022 or, okay. or later. So, guys, you know, please, if you need the truck, don't wait. Right. <laughs> you know, unless you really must have that new interior. It was really interesting when they unveiled the, the, the current Silverado, right? Because, yes, if you compare it to the previous generation... The buttons are different, right? <laughs> so but sure. they're the same. But they're place. the same shape. They're the same shape, and they are the same design. Yeah. They're just like a little tweaked. I they're mean, moved, yeah. Guys, you had an opportunity, and you did put all new, um, you know, powertrains, powertrains, take the new technology, yeah. and even new buttons. Like they are physically different than the old buttons. They're just they look the same. <laughs> 
So I don't know how that's possible, but you know what? We own a trail bus, right? Yeah. We have a 2020 Silverado 1500 truck in our fleet. It's our long-term project truck, um, and we've had it on our channel many, many times. Everybody who gets in that truck says, okay, the interior is a little bland, but it works. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you talk to people that own the Silverado, and they'll tell you it's just so functional. And I, it I've, does everything it needs to yeah, do. Yeah, we have given it, and I certainly have given it a lot of crud in the past for being you know, not as nice as a Ram. But it's kind of black on black on black. Yeah, there's not know? a lot of color, but it does work. It's easy to use. Uh, it's fairly well made. Like, it doesn't feel like anything's going to break off in your mm-hmm. hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a bad interior. It's just not that great to look at. And you spend so, a lot of time looking at it. Yeah, so bottom line, for 2021, the Silverado is getting mild changes. Um, they're getting a new tire option, Ooh, I can see. That's cool. So the new uh, Goodyear Wrangler Territory tire, which is a new mud terrain, which is quite interesting. Um, they're getting a new tire, new colors, uh, slightly new options, some deletions. Um, the full report is on tfltruck.com about all the changes. Um, and let's move on to the next question. Well, I have just three letters here. What? Maybe you can decode them. TRX, do you know what that means? Yes. It's a uh, dinosaur, right? <laughs> no. No. No, that's a T-Rex. <laughs> there's an E in there, Andre. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. No, I think the question is about the Ram Rebel TRX, which is a 2021 truck by most accounts. And uh, what is the question? Well, I, I don't actually have a question. I just wrote down TRX. I think the question is, when is it coming, and what are the details? That we probably get that email three times a day. Yeah, we do. Um, so we still, as far as we know, so Ford teased it with a dust, like a plume of dust and a little bit of V8 noise. Oh, when the Ram kind of when the Ford came? no when the Ford F150 launched. Uh, remember that day, the F150. Uh, uh, announcement re- reveal video was on, and Ram published a TRX oh, teaser. I got you. I thought you said Ford teased the TRX. I no, I'm sorry. Really, really confused. No, no. When Ford was launching the F-150, Ram wanted to answer it. I gotcha. Okay. So they teased it with this little clip, but they didn't have anything. It was some dust and a one second of V8 noise. And TRX. And the T-Rex letters. So we know it is coming. Yes. And we've seen spy images. Yes. And lots of spy images. I like how they, they tease it. And they're like, there's a new truck coming. And all the all like the truck guys are like, we know. We have seen it for the last year and a half. But please unveil it. I'm yes. tired of waiting. We don't have a date. So they didn't say like, come back September 20th. You know, they didn't say anything like that. So here's what we think it's going to be. It's the current generation Ram 1500. Yes, the new um, one. Yeah, yeah. with most likely the Hellcat engine. So it's this, the supercharged 6.2 out of the Challenger and the yes. Charger and now the Durango and the Grand Cherokee. And everything yeah. else. And the Fiat 500 <laughs> and the Pacifica. <laughs> Just keep going down the list. So we think it's going to have that engine, but we still don't know anything else, right? Well, we don't even know that. They haven't even told us that officially. But based no. on the leaks we've seen, it's no. most likely going to be that engine. Right. So we've seen prototypes running in the dunes. Um, some of you guys actually thank you for doing that. At Silver, Silver Lake Dunes in Michigan, uh, there's several prototypes were recently captured. And you can hear the V8 noise, right? So we know it's some sort of a V8 engine. Um, um, then I heard other questions. Uh, for example, we got a question recently about what if the TRX was $100,000? Because if you look at the Jeep Grand Cherokee, it was uh, it's like 90, it's in the $90,000 range. And the, and the Ram truck has more, you know, more metal, <laughs> right? So technically it could cost more. Charging per pound here, Andre. <laughs> so that's a good question because the Raptor currently tops out about 75. Right. So if the TRX was 100 grand, it would be way outside of, you know, of competition. Um, so what if they offered two V8 options? What if it was like a 392 option? Is it interesting? Or and maybe a Hellcat option. Once again, I'm speculating. Um, so this is not official because we don't have any official information. That's very frustrating. I mean, they build the HD truck with the 6.4 liter. Yes. It's Granted, it's a different 6.4 than you'd find in a Challenger or a Charger. Yeah, it's derated on horsepower. Yeah, right. and hopefully uprated on, like, and longevity. Torque. You know yes. what I mean? For yeah, towing the, trailers. Because it's truck engine. Right. Yes. Uh, things I, I'm really curious about, right? So they teased 
They didn't tease. They showed a concept of a TRX a couple of years ago in mm-hmm. t- Texas. At the State Fair. Yeah. yeah. And that truck had a 6.2 supercharged. And wide body kit. Yep. It was a previous generation Ram. Yes. And they said 575 horsepower. Right. So are they going to derate the 7, what is it, 717 now in the current Hellcats to like 570, 580? Or are they going to give you the full enchilada with 700 horsepower? Or both. Or both. Why don't they give you options maybe for different pricing? We are going in circles here, Andre. They won't tell us anything, so, and we so don't know when it's coming. Bottom line, guys, your TRX questions, we don't know when it's coming, but we think it's this year. Hopefully. Yes. Please be this year. Please. Yeah. All right. Low payload is our next question. Oh, man. Yep. Here we go. David has a great question. Uh-huh. My truck has little payload, about 520 pounds left. I can tow a small boat... But can I tow an RV or anything heavier? I have a 2016 Dodge Ram 1500 Bighorn. Okay. 5.7 liter Hemi. Uh, weighs with my wife and I in it and a full tank of gas at 6,380 pounds. Okay. So when he takes his truck, he puts him and his wife in it, top it off, almost okay. 6,400 pounds. Okay. The GVWR is 6,900 pounds. Oh, boy. So I only have 520 of payload. Ouch. There is nothing in the truck, no toolboxes, bed liner, or otherwise. So really, can I legally haul anything with this? <laughs> I have a 3,800 uh, boat I pull, so I assume 380 pounds on the tongue weight, and I am safe. But we want to pull... A recreational vehicle. RV trailer. Yep. I want to pull an RV maybe 10,000 pounds at the most and be safe within the GVWR and GCWR. Thoughts on this? So, David, um, thank you for the question. And we get a similar question almost every day. Right. Uh, basically, um, and this can happen to anybody. You know, you buy the truck you want. You know, the big horn, you, it may look nice. It may look, have some chrome. It's a crew cap four-wheel drive truck. And then in the midst of it, you know, you purchased it, but you maybe didn't realize what the total payload is, right? Hmm. Maybe you didn't, you know, didn't come across in the sales or whatever. Right. So you get it home, and it has, what, maybe, what, 1,200 pounds of payload, let's say. After you put two people in there like he's doing with a couple other things and a full tank of gas, you realize you don't have a lot of payload left. Yes, ouch. So he can tow his boat, fine, like he said. Uh, he can tow a small RV. We have a lot of RV reviews now on our channels, yeah. TFL Camper Corner. Um, many RVs are actually within 3,500 pounds. So, David, if you want to start small, because he's also talking about the 10,000-pound RV. That's a big enchilada, Andre. <laughs> so, so, David, if you want to start small, get a smaller trailer. Right. You know, figure out how your RV experience is. And then when you're ready to upgrade to a big trailer, like a 10,000-pound trailer, maybe even a gooseneck or a fifth wheel, buy another truck because <laughs> your truck is not going to do it. Uh, this is a really frustrating thing. Um, and if, if you're not you know, really paying attention closely, it's easy to get caught up in this because the manufacturers, you go on the website and they list these big numbers. It's like, yeah, like 3,000 pounds or 2,000 pounds. Yeah, like you know, best in class, 13,000 towing. and. Yeah. 2,500 pounds of payload, and you're like, great, I can carry all this stuff. But, but what they don't tell you, except in the fine print, is that the truck that is able to carry and haul so much is going to be like the truck you might see on a work site, so no options, two-door, two yes. yeah. not a truck you'll realistically ever see in the wild. And they don't tell you that when you want four-wheel drive and when you want that nicer radio and the, the additional seats. And the big cab. Yeah, yeah. All that weighs weight. Yeah. All that weighs weight. It adds weight. Not a great sentence. All right. Yeah, all that adds weight. And then all of a sudden when you start adding weight to the truck, you start decreasing the amount that you can carry. And yeah. that's exactly what's happened to David here. Yeah, and what manufacturers are also doing in the new trucks, like 2020s and 2021s, they're actually bumping up the gross vehicle weight rating on these half-ton trucks. So he has a 6,900-pound gross vehicle weight, but now we're seeing you know, 7,000, 7,100, 7,200-pound gross vehicle weight. So manufacturers know this problem exists, and they're actually offering you know, suspension systems that can carry more weight. The other question that's hiding behind this question is, well, can I change my springs? Right, and that's like, always the and next. And add, add payload? Yeah. Um, it's a slippery slope, right? You can add, a, like, a, there's something called the sumo spring, which is like a big bump stop, which adds some additional cushion so your truck doesn't sag as much with extra weight. 
but the, the reason why trucks are rated this way, it's not just because of the spring, right? There's a braking system, the cooling system. All those systems work together. So, yes, you can throw really heavy-duty springs on your truck and technically improve its payload, but then you're going to start, you know, wearing the tires differently. You're going to start – your brake system is going to wear out. Yeah. Hauling heavier weights. There's, there's no way to effectively increase the payload capacity. Because on paper, it's very simple. Like, payload is how much you can carry. Well, I'll just, like you said, put a nice chunky spring on it. And that probably worked very well in, like, the 1930s. Yes, you know, of course. When none you of can carry extra, I don't know, hay or chickens or Right. <laughs> yeah, you yes. can carry a lot of chickens <laughs> in your, your 30 Chevy truck. Exactly. Yes. But the pickle is, is that nowadays these numbers are... Uh, are not based on the fact that it's called a quarter-ton pickup, right? They're based oh, on not. a lot of variables. So right. when, like, Ram assigned this number, they ran it up a, uh, uh, like, a 12% grade. It had to hold its parking brake for With five With all minutes. the standards, right, standard tests. Yep. Right. It has to maintain a cooling threshold for 10 minutes at 120 degrees. It has to be able to stop with its max load and certain number of feet. And these are all things that you need when you're being – when you're on the road. And to be safe. Yeah, because it's great yeah. that you can drive down with a big-ass camper and not be squatting, but you still might not be able to stop that load, right? Right. You still and might. the transmission might overheat. You know, there are other variables. And then you get into the pickles that we've seen. I've spent a lot of, lot of food yes. stuff and, today. And chickens also. And chickens. <laughs> then you get into the, 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 the chicken debacle we see yeah. <laughs> where people start modifying their truck heavily, right? And then they upgrade the brakes and they upgrade the tires and the wheels and the suspension and they had a supercharger and they change the cooling. And then they put, uh, hook up a big trailer, take it off-road, and the frame bends. <laughs> Yes. Right? Because there's always going to be the weak spot. So I think you're right. If, if It's a slippery slope. Yeah. Just get uh, the bigger truck. But yeah. look at the smaller RVs. Yeah. Take a look at the small RV. It's really great. You can have a lot of fun uh, with your family. Uh, and when you want to upgrade and move up, you know, move up. All right. Should we go to the next question? Yes. What's next? Oh, what a question. Um, it's getting tricky here, Andre. Hang on. i got to check my phone. Okay. Make sure we're good. All right. Scott has a Ram 1500 Eco Diesel Saga. Well, it, this saga continues. Yes. Uh, Scott says, I have a 2018 Ram 1500 Bighorn 4x4 Crew Cab Eco Diesel with the tow package. The Gen 2 engine imploded at 79,174 miles during mm. the first time pulling a heavy load. Uh, he goes okay. on to say they're installing a Gen 3 engine in this truck this week. I live in Pasco, Washington, and I was wondering if you have the opportunity to test a Gen 4 1500 with a Gen 3 crate engine. I think it would be a great idea to test this combo against the latest 1500 and classic 1500 with the older motor. Um, we have a grade near us outside of Pendleton, Oregon, called Cabbage Hill on I-84. So he's wondering, is the new Gen 3 Eco Diesel better? Do you want to kind of explain the background of this? Yeah, this is a long one. How much time do you have? Um, <laughs> many minutes, Andre. Okay, so really quickly. So uh, several years ago, the second generation of the engine that he's referring to was like from 2014 to 2017. Um, those kind of a range of trucks for Ram 1500s and also the Jeep Grand Cherokee had the same engine. There was a class action. Well, first, um, there was this EPA um, uh, inquiry into the emissions. The EPA basically stated that uh, RAM may not have, you know, the correct emissions while driving on the highway under certain loads that, you know, anyway. So uh, this could be a whole show within itself. And we get a lot of these questions from owners like this who are having issues, uh, which is unfortunate with the older engine. And, and then, so then there was a class action lawsuit. Mm. Then, uh, as part of this lawsuit, they came to an agreement that owners of these older second-gen engines, these three-liter eco-diesel V6s, would get a payment. So about anywhere from 3000 to about $1,500, depending on your ownership. Um, and, but you had to upgrade software on this engine. To make it more compliant with emissions. And there was a lot behind that story. So emissions testing is, is kind of a rabbit hole that you can dive down for hours and hours. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it has to do as well with how does the engine perform at cold temperatures? You know, when, when you just get in the morning, there's no... Which is the engine. worst for the engine. Right. How yeah. does it handle that? How does it handle, uh, you know, certain... Pulling up a grade. Pulling up a grade, yeah. right. And there's 
super complex and strict limits to everything. And it's believed that that, well, <laughs> based it's on the legal results. Issue. It's a legal issue. Of, yeah, the legal yeah. issue. It appears that these early engines were outside those bounds. So like you said, you could bring your truck in uh, and they would fix it for you. And you would receive a check in the mail. Right. For compensation. Ideally. Ideally. Yeah. Yes. Because technically what, what's happening is the new programming may affect your total mileage, MPG. So because, you know, owners were upset, they would get a compensation for this trouble. First of all, you know, the emissions trouble, then the reprogramming trouble, and then potentially losing a little bit of efficiency. Um, but still, a lot of owners still had this problem with lag. Yeah. Right, so so they got reprogrammed, and when, like you said, when it's really cold or maybe you know near freezing temperatures, you fire up the truck, you get going, but you get the several seconds of lag, which was very unsafe. Some owners said, you know, problematic. So, Ram, you know, you can uh, Ram redesign the engine. So, yeah, so there's a brand new one. If, brand new one. If you buy an EcoDiesel, it's not going to have the same engine as this. Right, right. So, so in 2020, I'm not talking about the classic trucks that they're still making some of them. You, look, you had such a disdain on your face, Andre. I don't want to talk about classic. <laughs> I want to talk about the new third gen. Um, so they redesigned this engine. It's still a 3 liter, still a V6, but it has, they said, what was the number? Like 75% new parts. It has two, not one, but two EGRs, exhaust gas recirculation systems, which improve emissions. It has more torque, more power, 260 horsepower, 480 pound-feet of torque now out of the new EcoDiesel. And we've tested it. We've tested both, the old one, the second gen, the new one, the third gen. Tested both of them on the iGauntlet, world's toughest towing test. We did MPG runs, all the runs. We went to the first drive events for both trucks. And I can say the new one is better, but I don't think it's perfect. I think the one thing that we have a really hard time testing here at TFL is long-term reliability. And emissions. Yeah, and, well, emissions, we we do not have the specialty equipment. No, we can take them to the emissions testing facility, but they test for smoke. And and then long-term reliability, we do buy trucks to hold on to for a year for long-term testing. We are able to go beyond what we would be able to do in a week if a manufacturer loaned us a truck. But we are never really able to get it into, you know, the higher mileage category in right. a year. And we, we only keep them for a year because after that year, uh, there's just not the interest in the videos, right? The trucks don't pay for themselves in terms of it's the... It's a business. Uh, yeah, we're right. running a business. Yeah, right. exactly. So we move on to the next truck, which is might be new for that year, and there's a lot of interest around. Mm-hmm. So I would love to be able to, like, buy a truck and hold on it for 100,000 miles. But we have so many, so much stuff going on with cars coming in and out of here at the office. It just wouldn't be possible. So long-term reliability is it's still a question. Is it still a question? Yeah. But I will say, going on the forums is a dangerous game you play because you can look up anything on the forum, and there's going to be a person has a problem with it. But these older eco diesels do seem to have a large number of issues. Yeah, and a lot of people reporting issues. Yes, a lot of people were, be it, you know, uh, small issues or catastrophic failures of the engine as it appears Scott had. Um, And the the thing is, is that they put this engine not only in the uh, 1500 Rams, but the Grand Cherokees as well. Right. To a lesser number. To a much lesser number. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them, like 95,000 were involved in this lawsuit were rams right um and like ten thousand war jeeps but it as as far as i know this lawsuit was around emissions wasn't yes. it it wasn't around you you know like some major malfunction within the engine that would cause it to catastrophically fail no it wasn't like a lemon lawsuit right no it wasn't that yeah. it was technically about certain conditions where the engine wasn't meeting what epa was expecting it to meet but aside from that from the people i've talked to be it owners or, or service techs, right? The early eco diesels had issues. And the new one, like you said, Bram wanted to make it very clear, it's been heavily redesigned. Yes. but Makes more power. Yep, makes more power. Yeah. But personally, I would still be a little wary around buying the new eco diesel because of the issues on the first gen. I hope they fixed it. I really do hope they fixed it. And we cannot answer, like you said, the reliability story. Right. Absolutely right. But when I drove it, the lag is less. I can tell you personally, you know, from experience in the real world, there's still some lag. And I don't think it's a turbocharger, 
right? Because the engine is, is is good, but I think it's actually the the programming. You know, when you step on the pedal, there's a delay between the pedal press and how the engine responds. Right. So there's still something going on, um, and. Uh, Ford engine, Ford diesel. Ford has a F one fifty diesel. Yeah, that's which uh, which still continues. Which is still can an, of worms. An, an older Land Rover design, uh, V six also. Um, I haven't heard a lot of issues with that engine, but it's also not very popular. I've heard from dealers and other sources that the F one fifty diesels are not selling in great numbers. Well, they were too expensive. They were yes. so expensive. They and were the, very expensive. The capability was less than the EcoBoost. Yeah, and I think the best engine in this class is actually the straight six from GM. Yeah. Even though some people are also reporting some technical meltdowns. <laughs> so there's always going to be that outlier that says, yes, my Duramax straight six had a technical problem. So we're not talking about that. But um, this is Scott reporting this, right? Yeah. But Scott, I think you have a really good proposal. It would be very interesting to test your truck. Unfortunately, we're not in Oregon. We're in Colorado, so we're kind of a little bit away from you. Uh, but hopefully, eventually, maybe we can meet up. I mean, the most interesting thing in this is that they have uh, an older truck that they're installing a Gen 3 engine into. So they're retrofitting the newer engine. Into the old truck. Yeah. And unfortunately, guys, like we... <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> su- it's such a hard thing because... The, the new engine hasn't been out for long enough to have enough reports of whether or not it's it's a solid, reliable you know, yeah, unit, right? right it's right. just not we, – we don't have the data. We don't have the data. data. And the other issue is even when you, you do have the data – it can be all over the place, you know. It can be, you know, he, you know, hearsay. I had an uncle's brother who had one that had some issue, right? And we don't know. Maybe somebody forgot to put oil in it, right? You no, know, we don't know what's happening. So these are really tricky until yeah. you end up with something like a class action lawsuit where you get enough owners who say, "All right, I've had this one issue." Um, it's repeating itself. It's repeating itself. Right, yeah, right. but it's it's definitely a good question, and I wish I had a better. And answer. we get a lot of these questions, guys. We're sorry, we cannot help. All of you, yeah. because a lot of you have very specific, very technical problems with uh, certain engines, and you know we don't have enough manpower to actually reach out to you and and call the, each manufacturer. That's not our business model. So we we can't. All right. So let me ask you this, and I, I've got an answer uh, to this as well. Let's go down the manufacturers. Right. Uh, each of the th- big three have a diesel in their half tons. Y- yes. Would you buy a new Ram with a eco diesel, or would you go for another engine option? I would go for another engine option. And for 2020, we had the Gold Hitch Award. We've tested and considered all the three diesels, right? right. The Ford diesel, the Ram diesel, and the G- GM three-liter diesels. And we gave the award to the three-liter straight six. Yeah, in the in the Chevy or the in the, GMC. In the GMC and Chevy, and that was a clear winner. It wasn't like wishy washy. We all voted. Mr. Truck voted. Roman, Nathan voted, and I voted, and we chose that engine because it delivers power. Right. Really good power delivery. It was very efficient in our testing, and to to what we saw, we didn't have problems with it. And you know, when you look at like the Ford engine lineup, Ford does such good engines. They they have such powerful options. Be it the two seven EcoBoost, the three five EcoBoost, the Coyote is a good engine. That the, the the three liter diesel makes little to no sense in my mind. And I appreciate the economy, right? You know, but based on the upcharge over a more a gas engine, gas yeah standard right. gas engine, it just Ford does such good good jobs with their gas engine that I'm not sure I'd want this JLR-sourced uh, diesel in my new F-150. Andre, we've got another great question here about one of our tests. This is from Chad. Yeah. You tested the Ram 2500 HD with the 6.4 liter, we should add. Yes. But it did not have the 410 rear axle. Why test this truck? Oh, boy. Um, that, that was a controversial test. What so, a controversy <laughs> we made there, Andre. Way to go. Thanks. Uh, so I asked for a Ram 2500 Hemi with a new 8-speed transmission because we wanted to do a proper test on the new gas-powered heavy-duty truck. We asked for it in November. This was, what, eight, nine months ago? <laughs> um, and because of you know the Ram factory ch- switchover and also the virus, COVID, we just got the truck a few weeks ago. And the truck we got had the 373 rear differential. But we, we at TFL Truck, we don't have a lot of control 
over which truck the manufacturer sends us. Yes. Right? So I, I made a request. I said I said to Ram, GM, and Ford, I want the gas-powered crew cab four-wheel drive truck with the most towing capacity or capability. And each of them, one way or another, tries to satisfy that request, right? Either by building a new truck specifically for the fleet for that purpose or finding a truck in another city and kind of locating it. But Ram chose to send this truck. Well, we should clarify, Andre, that it was quite the quite, quite the bigger debacle than that because um, we actually had to – you had to, what, drive out to Michigan or did you fly out to Michigan? I, I flew I, – I, yeah, I actually went to Michigan to pick it up. Right. And drive it home. Yes. So we, we drove it home. It, this was like four or five months in the making. Yeah. And it was kind of a pickle because we, we had a truck lined up. And then the virus hit, remember? Yes. Uh, right when was, we were about to go out. It was delivered but couldn't get to us. Yep. And then the, the Ram guy said, guys, sorry, we're going down on lockdown. You can't even come pick this truck up. Right. So that truck was made unavailable. And they said, well, we are going to rush you a new truck from the factory. They said, yeah. we're going to build you a new truck. And it's a beautiful truck. It was a beautiful truck. And then they built it to us and they said, you're welcome to have it, but we can't quite get it to you at this time because of the virus again. Right. So then Andre had to go pick it up manually and drive it home. Yes. Right. And it didn't so what what's the big deal? Why the 410 question, right? The 410 is better for towing and it has a higher uh, towing rating. Yeah. Right? The truck we received was a 373 rear end. Still, it's a little bit better for fuel efficiency, a little bit worse for towing for a heavy duty truck. No matter we tested it to the max. Yep. We loaded it to the maximum uh, rating of about 14,300 pounds. Mr. Truck and I took it in the eye gauntlet. That video is published on our website and on the channel. And, yes, I know some of you guys are upset, but, you know, there's still time. We can, you know, we'll test another 410 in the future. Yeah, and I apologize, guys. You know, we, we it took us uh, a number of months, and it took many, many phone calls to test a 6.4 at all, yes. right? It was a very, very hard truck to get our hands on because that's not a t- truck they typically put in like a fleet, so they had to build it for a special. Right. And then the virus hit, and we couldn't quite get the exact anyways. truck. But anyways, we were very grateful that we were able to get any truck. Yeah. Right. So hopefully, in sometime in the future, we'll have that test. But it just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. And actually, we did several videos. The road trip video uh, is already available with fuel efficiency. The eye gauntlet. Uh, t- towing test and i also took it on vacation yeah so andre drove the heck out of that truck <laughs> yes many many a couple thousand miles actually yeah so we, we towed with it a lot as well so. yeah so guys uh, we test every truck we get you know a lot of uh, the other comment we always get why don't you test base trucks right why are they always really expensive but we tried to mix it up right uh we bought an xlt ford f250 yeah more basic truck we test that uh, we get. We always ask for more basic trucks. So in the future, we'll be testing more variations of each truck, and I think it's all good. And and the hard thing is, is when the manufacturers are building trucks for the fleet for other journalists, they know that other journalists are going to be very impressed by soft, squishy seats and new features and big screens. Yes, right. And y- you know, a lot of the other people in the industry aren't so much truck people. But they are impressed and they are more likely to give it a favorable review if it has if it's loaded with features. 14-way seats and not roll-up windows. Yeah. Um, but we always specifically ask for them. Sometimes we were able to get a, a truck made custom for us. Mm-hmm. But, we, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of in the middle of the country. It's sometimes tricky to get us these vehicles. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a challenge. But we always try to get them. All right. So, Kelvin has a last question. Yes. Can we get TFL swag, button-up shirts, hats, etc.? <laughs> Uh, thank you. Actually, I'm very taken aback when people ask us for swag because it seems like they appreciate what we do and they want to like share. Uh, we have a hat here. If, if you're watching this on video, you see the hat. If you're listening to us, you don't see a hat. There's a hat on the table. There's a hat on the table that says TFL truck. But technically, we're, it's not on sale. If you do uh, help us with a donation on Patreon.com, you, we can send you a hat. But we're not, um, you know, we don't have a warehouse full of hats that we can sell. We don't have many hats. It's true. Right. But we've teamed up with this really cool local company in Denver, Colorado called The Duck Company. 
The Duck Company. That's right. D-U-C-K. And they have a professional graphic artist who's much better than me. (laughs) Or me. And Microsoft Paints. That's right. And they went ahead and created some amazing shirts. So really cool. Like genuinely, if if they didn't say TFL on them, I would still buy one in a heartbeat. Not that that would matter. But I think they are really cool shirts. And they're coming. Yeah, they're coming soon. So we're going to have more info about that soon. So – Hold on for just a little bit. Yeah. And it's, by the way, thank you for asking about that. Right. And I just put it because we get this question quite often. Why do you have a hat on a table when you can't sell it? Well, because we want our branding, um, <laughs> uh, you know, available here and to show you guys uh, our TFL brand, which stands really for real world reviews. Yeah, right? that's right. And a huge thank you to all of you guys out there who watch our stuff and support our stuff and listen yeah. to our stuff now. This is a, a really exciting time to be in the industry, and it just means so much that you choose us for your truck source. Yes, so stay tuned to more podcasts coming. You know, we do one about once a week. Yep. Um, and the next topic, I really want to do a show dedicated to truck tires and off-road tires okay. and actually talk to the experts. That'd be cool. So that's coming up really soon, so stay tuned to all of that. Yeah, and head over to tfltruck.com because Andre puts a lot of work into the website. And we need more people to go to the website. Yes. So thank you, Roman. So You're welcome. Oh, I'm sorry. You're telling me. Yes. Uh, the, the full uh, enchilada Roman will be back next week, perhaps. Yeah. He's feeling better. Yeah. And uh, as always, this has been Tommy and... And Andre. Thank we'll, you. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.